I want to welcome everybody to another episode of Fresh Brewed Kentucky Politics. I thank you guys for joining me so, so much. Got a lot to talk about today. Um, we're going to kind of be going over, you know, the Bashirs have really gotten into the social media war recently. Uh, I want to kind of talk about that because it's kind of funny. I know a lot of you have seen the TikTok out there about us and um, it kind of plays into that. So we're going to discuss that. Um, unemployment woes continue abound. Um, interesting uh, article coming out of the Herald Leader about unemployment woes continued and about some interesting special interest work that went into it. As well, many of you saw is on EKU's campus today doing a uh, change my mind. Bashir is a tyrant. Um, we'll kind of talk about what we saw there. And J&J uh, &J, vaccine back on the market. But before I get into all that, guys, if you could do me one favor, one, swing by the coffee shop sometime if you've never been. It's real great coffee. If you're not in the area, I encourage you to go to broodco.com, B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O.com. I encourage you to do that. Um, you can go to shop.broodco.com to get some merch, donate.broodco.com. Now, finally, I want you to do one more thing for me, guys. Please, please, please hit that share button. Tell somebody about us. Tell them we're live. Tell them we're here and let everybody know that we're out here bringing you some, some information for the day, bringing you some conservative thought on the day. Go ahead and hit that share button for me and we'll go ahead and dig on into it. So Bashir has been in quite the social media war with us recently. Let me explain to you guys what's happening, okay? For those who are unaware, because you'll go on to Bashir's socials and they'll be like oh you guys aren't in a tiff or whatever they'll like you know the the brood people will go on and you you know you guys will go on to his post and be like hey you should check out brood everything else uh thrown shade of brood again and people will comment and be like oh no you're not in a social media yes they are so let me explain this story for everybody to understand so about two weeks ago for the first time ever like Bashir had been posting about businesses like delivering to his to his place or something like that. But Bashir really hadn't been going out and about. He'd post about a pizza place, Mexican food they picked up to go, but they'd always be eating in their house. They wouldn't be eating out and about. Well, about two weeks ago, Andy went out and about for like the first time. Where did he go? Well, he went to Heinz Brothers Coffee in Louisville. It's very strange. His wife looked very unprepared for the photo, but regardless, he goes there and he says, oh, they're so safe and everything else, right? And, you know, I think we made a post about it kind of like, oh, so the first place you go to when you're out of COVID happens to be a coffee shop? Like, come on, bro. And, um, and that was kind of it. And, you know, we were like, ah, oh, that's kind of funny. We didn't really think it had to do with us. And then like a week later, as we're escalating ourselves, um, as far as it goes, fighting the uh, um, with the protests and everything else coming out on May 2nd uh, there and, and, and the two other protests, as we're doing that, he decides to go to Coffee Tree in Frankfurt. Now, Coffee Tree in Frankfurt, for those who don't know, I'm reported, is owned by the executive director for the Democratic Party of Kentucky. I'm told that is the case. So he goes to this coffee shop, once again, posts, oh, they're so safe, amazing, whatever, safely serving coffee, love my coffee. And then Coffee Tree comes on and says, hey, uh, we're so much better than Brood, right? They're basically like, oh, I heard we're much better than that coffee shop out in Lexington, ha, 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 coffee brewers against Brood. 
Um, and you know, it was we weren't gonna mention it about him because we're like, listen, he's engaging in some weird social media war. This is getting strange. He's a governor of a state. I'm just gonna disengage from this. I can take him apart. I don't need to worry about him going to coffee shops that aren't even in my market. And so he then um that coffee shop though makes a post calling us out so i'm like Whoa, okay now i'm going after this coffee shop right and i challenged him to a coffee off even let the governor said he could be in there and i thought that was pretty much it well yesterday for the first time ever because she had posted something i found pretty tone deaf i'd taken a screenshot off of Brittany. Brittany, sorry oh gosh i always say her name so weird it's like i say it how it's spelled uh but yeah it's Brittany. Brittany Bashir, for the first time, I, I took something off her socials with commentary about it, something about how she's been leading with love. And I mentioned, you know, all these businesses closing, all these people losing their livelihoods, unemployment, so messed up. All these issues, you call that leading with love? That is not leading with love at all. And several hours after I posted that, Brittany Bashir, to her socials, Post the picture that she took with Andy like two weeks ago at Heinz Brothers Coffee. And I'm like, man, this is just really weird. So I made a post about that. I'm like, this post is like two weeks old. You just did it after I'd posted about you. Um, are you are you getting into this whole coffee battle now? Or um, you know, did your did your husband just go ahead and steal your phone? Then today I'm at EKU, which is in Richmond. The governor was in Richmond yesterday, and apparently while he was there, he stopped in Purdy's Coffee, took some pictures. Um, and then I'm in Richmond. I do the post where I said, Andy Bashir's a tyrant, changed my mind. If you're out in Richmond, come convince me. He then, like, an hour later posts this pictures from this coffee shop in Richmond. Now, I feel bad for this coffee shop because they're getting some shade, right? Um, and, and because, you know, people are like, oh, okay, it's a liberal coffee shop. It must be a liberal coffee shop. I don't want to go. Listen, Purdy's isn't a liberal coffee shop. They serve everybody. Um, and so in order to make sure everybody knows, I, you know, Coffee Tree challenged us, said our coffee was bad. I can't let that go. However, when another coffee shop is getting dragged into this weird social media battle the governor has decided to engage in me with where he visits other coffee shops like even his own supporters are calling it the coffee tour like they know what he's doing we all know what he's doing and i don't want to see somebody becoming a victim just because he goes to the coffee shop right so i haven't been in richmond he had posted that so i went to purdy's which is in richmond they have great coffee i suggest you go try it if you're in the area i took a photo out there and i said hey listen they serve everybody just basically i want everybody to know they're very even-handed they serve everybody don't let the governor going in there and being a jerk and trying to throw them in the middle of this coffee battle uh, make you not go or make you throw hate their way that's just not not what we need to be doing and so we'll see where that goes next, because I'd posted that. We'll see if Bashir continues to engage in this coffee battle. You'll know. He'll keep going to coffee shops and posting about him, thinking he's being sly and slick. And you guys keep sitting there remembering that the governor of the state of Kentucky is currently in a social media war with a coffee shop and is using his power of the pulpit, the power of his socials, to somehow engage in that war with the coffee shop, which is really pathetic especially when you have a lot of greater concerns you have people who are underserved and unemployment you have people who are hurting you have people who your policies have hurt and you're just not paying attention to them you'd rather engage in a battle with me 
uh, over coffee too. Like if you want to engage with my ideas, that's one thing, but this is next level. So we'll see what happens there. I just kind of want to bring you guys up to speed. And, and as you're watching our socials, if you're con confused at what's going on and why we'd be talking about other coffee shops, this is what's happening. Now I'm going to go into, there's in this bombshell unemployment story coming out of the Herald Leader I want to go over with you guys. Real quick before I go into it, do me a favor. Um, go ahead and share this out. Go ahead and hit the share button for me. Um, hit the share button for me and I'm going to go into this unemployment uh, situation. So the Mac... McNamara, who for you guys who know, McNamara was the a director of unemployment when the first issue started. Now, McNamara was a, a, a lawyer, an administrative lawyer, and he was a, a big helper on the Bashir campaign. He was not, I don't think he was super qualified for unemployment, but you know, I don't know. I, I was not in that position to make that decision. I don't know who would be. I mean, Let's go spade to spade. A million Kentuckians, over a million Kentuckians filed an unemployment claim over the course of like three months. Who would be ready for that exactly, right? Um, and I blame Bashir for that. You know, you don't start a fire without knowing that the... Um, with, with, with knowing that the fire department isn't coming. Your, your systems, your processes are not set up. They're not set up to handle that amount of people. And it's it's... So, of course, I can't guarantee he would do all that well. I can't guarantee I would do well. Not with a system that's not meant for over a million people in two, three months. There wasn't a system around this country meant for that. So I think that's a failure of leadership for Andy Bashir to not be aware of that being a problem and not prioritizing uh, people, making sure they have incomes when he decided to lay off over a million people. But regardless... McNamara killed himself here recently, but the widow of McNamara released a series of text messages, um, redacted some information, but released a series of text messages and did that because, in her words, she did not want the unemployment debacle to be blamed on her husband. She did not want it blamed on her husband, so re she released all these text messages, and, and this is basically what they say. Um, and his texts... He makes a statement. So if you guys remember, Coleman recently was caught up in this uh, whole debacle over her um, unemployment where she was asking for her hairdresser to get special treatment because she was still doing her hair, if you guys remember that um, situation, that issue. And so they were there were special requests coming in. Well, those special requests were coming in and Bashir, when he was challenged by the news media over these special requests, when he was challenged and said, why are these people getting special treatment that just know people? He says, listen, I offered that number for people to call out to WKYT to bring me things, all these things like that. This falls right in line with all those things. These people asking for special help falls right in line with, with everything that I've already offered to everybody. There's no special treatment. Well... McNamara's taxes say differently. Um, apparently from his text messages, it's very clear that he felt the pressure to deal with these special requests coming in from people who, in his words, felt they were connected. He also said that these special requests coming in from these individuals who um, felt they were connected and could ask directly to important people in the government, he was saying was taking up over half the time of the unemployment office. So he's saying that he felt he had to treat these people that are being texted to him specially, like Coleman's hairdresser, directly, and he had to get them done uh, 
And then he also had said in his text messages, over half their time is spent dealing with these special requests because they had to find them, sort them out, pull them out of queue, uh, move them forward, so on and so forth. And so that is shocking to me. And it, and it goes into the kind of administration Bashir's running where he's having a situation where people are getting special requests, they're getting moved to the front of the line, it's taking up half the amount of unemployment people's time. Meanwhile, your average Joe has been waiting now for over a year, some of them, for their unemployment claims to be taken care of. But yet they had no problem getting this done. That coupled with the unemployment workers that were handling their own claim. Recently, it was discovered that 10, 10 unemployment workers who fraudulently filed for unemployment benefits had access to their own unemployment claims and possibly, possibly approved their own unemployment claims, scamming the system out of money. Now, they are looking at, at charging those people for that. Um, I know that some judges are looking at, at filing charges against them for that fraud, which is what it is. It's fraud. They deserve to go to jail for that. Um, but apparently, yeah, MacManair's window releasing these text messages showing that this was a big issue. These asking for special requests uh, by the governor, by these connected people, apparently was a big issue, a big problem, and led to a lot of people not getting their claims paid out on time. The other thing that these text messages are showing is McNamara was very confused and very upset over what occurred with um, LRC. So LRC and and um, the Speaker of the House offered, apparently to the unemployment office, uh, LRC people. That's the Legislative Research Commission people who were already employees of the government, had their own computers, had their own offices nearby. He offered to help give those people over so they could process these claims. And, you know, we were told, well, well, it's because you got to train them and everything else. Well, apparently in these text messages, McNamara was showing that he was very confused, very confused as to why they were not accepting this offer from LRC for this extra staff. Apparently he wanted the extra staff. He's confused why it was Nick's. He's confused on what the hangup is. And he was upset about it. And I got to say, I'm not confused. This is how Bashir is he does not want to work with others point in case the other day the indiana governor is doing a press conference and this was right after he had taken out the mass mandate and then the governor I, um andy bashir's going out there saying oh yeah holcomb's removing the mask mandate brr, brr, brr. he's gonna hurt my state i don't know that's bashir's voice um but anyways and holcomb came out and was doing a press conference, the media goes, well, Bashir's attacking you in the media and has an issue with it. What do you got to say about that? Well, this is what the governor, Holcomb, of Indiana said. He said, my phone's right here, Bashir. You have my number. If you have an issue with something I'm doing, call me. You haven't called me at all. Instead, I'm finding this out through the media. If you can pick up the call and talk to me, that would be great. I, uh, a, a senator that I was recently listening to described Bashir as a man at his uh, cotillion dance. He was afraid. He's afraid to ask the other people um, to uh, get, get in there and enjoy with him. And, and he's afraid to ask the ladies to dance with him. He's afraid to talk to the legislator. He's afraid to talk to others. He won't do it. He won't work with others. So Bashir's unwillingness to work with others was the reason why LRC's volunteer of help was not received. LRC, the legislator, offered 
extra staff, and I'm and first reports are a hundred extra staff to help the unemployment office process their claims. And according to McNamara's text messages, that was something he wanted. Director of the unemployment wanted those hundred people, but somebody in the Bashir administration said no. His own ego cost thousands of people from getting their claims processed in time. Bashir's ego, an unwillingness to work with the legislator, unwillingness to work with anybody, unwillingness to pull anybody into these situations, not only is that why he's a tyrant, which I'll get into here in a second, but additionally, 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 led to thousands of people not getting their claims processed, still having issues, because he cannot work with others. He could not work with others. I don't know what to say there, guys. I mean, we know he's childish based upon what he's doing with this, you know, coffee, social media war. But frankly, I don't know how you can support this man. I literally at this point, I I don't know if... Andy Bashir's trucking in all the sand that these Democrats out here that still support him are burying their heads in to get enough sand. I don't know. I didn't know enough sand existed. But you have a man whose own pride stopped him from taking on reportedly a hundred staff that volunteered from LRC in order to process these claims, these unemployment claims in a timely manner. The director of unemployment at the time wanted it. And somebody, and reportedly, higher-ups said no. Bashir's administration said no. And I believe it's because Bashir doesn't like to work with anyone. That's the only thing that they can explain because when you have the director of the unemployment office saying, nope, I wanted these people, I, I, I don't know what other conclusion you can come to. If the unemployment office is saying, I will take these people, but the administration's telling you no, there's only one reason for that. He doesn't want to work with others. And that is pathetic. He's a pathetic man for that that's willing to let others suffer because he's got some sort of hero complex and he's got to feel like he does it on his own. And I think that's the real issue today. It's, it's weird that we have these little coffee wars and things like that, but at the end of the day, this is the kind of pathetic behavior of somebody who puts themselves above others. Speaking of that, I did a, uh, a spontaneous change my mind at EKU's campus today. I said I'd give a... I, I said that the... Changed my mind was Andy Bashir's a tyrant. Changed my mind. And in fact, if you could change my mind, I would donate $100 to Bashir's reelection campaign. And I talked to a couple people, and I find the first thing is, which just surprised me, um, one, they don't know what the definition of tyrant is. So anybody, I'm going to be doing this on UK's campus, University of Kentucky's campus, at 1 p.m. Tuesday. Tuesday at 1 p.m. So all you haters out there listening to me, Show up, UK's campus at 1 p.m., sit down, let's talk about why Bashir, you think he's not a tyrant, I think he is, but you better come prepared because you better know what the definitions are. So the definition of a tyrant is one who oppresses. Oppression is defined as an individual who unjustly treats a minority, a group, or a subgroup. So you better become prepared to justify every single one of Bashir's actions with science and not feeling, and you can't do it. 
That's why I don't think you'll ever be able to change my mind because you'll never be able to justify his actions because the science isn't there. Not when Dr. Stacks on the under oath on the record said that they were making value-based decisions of what they felt was important. You can't justify to me closing indoor dining in November while casinos and strip clubs were left open. You can't do it. The science doesn't support that. There's also no science to support curfews really do anything other than theater. I've read a lot of articles about that, and that's what they pretty much all come to the conclusion of. Curfews do nothing other than help with theater. So, UK's campus, 1 p.m. Tuesday. I'll be doing Bashir as a tyrant. Changed my mind there. I did today on EKU's campus. Like I said, I was not impressed. You guys that want to step to it better come informed. I mean, I had people sitting there talking to me that didn't even know that casinos were closed, were open when indoor dining was closed in November. And when you tell them those kinds of things and they don't know it, they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, I actually changed somebody's mind. They're like, nah, yeah, no, nah, I see that. He's a tyrant. Yeah. At first, they're like, no, he's a tyrant. He's just helping out. And then when I said, okay, justify this, they're like, I can't. He's a tyrant. I mean, they could justify it in the sense of saying, well, he needed to leave it open in order to keep the state um, solvent because they needed the money. And then when I said, well, my family needs the money. Why can't I leave open the coffee shop? He's like, well, you know, yeah, you got a point. So there you go. Bashir is a tyrant. Changed my mind. I'm going to be doing that at UK's campus 1 p.m. Tuesday. Additionally, 2 p.m. May 2nd, you need to show up and keep up the pressure. We need to show up and protest May 2nd, 2 p.m. Governor's Mansion. Now, a lot of people uh, out there say all the time, these protests are dumb. They don't work. Blah, blah, blah. Why do you keep showing up? Okay. For those people who think that way, let me ask you, how did we get to where we are now? We've been moving constantly farther left, constantly away from individualism and into collectivism. And how have we done that? Has it been done by you staying home and doing nothing? Is that what the other side has been doing, staying home or doing nothing? Or is it done because the, at a drop of a hat, they will protest for weeks on end? They will have... Presidents, they will have mayors, chiefs of police, police officers, even in our own city here in Lexington, bowing to their every whim because they show up in force for several days and they see the optics and they just want it to stop. And you tell me it doesn't work. You tell me that the rioting, uh, I'm sorry, the, the protests, we don't riot, we protest. Protests don't work. Showing up in masses don't work. Here's what I know. I know if we keep coming back every weekend, now we're skipping this weekend, but we're coming back May 2nd, and we're coming back, and we keep showing up with more and more people. Last time we had 450 people. We need more people than that. Grab people with you. And if we keep showing up, and we keep growing and growing and growing, and especially if these people can't get together a counter-protest, I know they're trying to for May 2nd, they're trying to, May 2nd, get together counter-protest, but they can't bring out anybody. And Bashir's the type of person, when he looks out there every Sunday or Saturday or whatever day, and he sees this growing group of people who hate him and hate his mandates and want them done, it becomes increasingly more difficult, especially when you have issues like we saw with the Herald Leader putting out one article that says uh, we'll lift... Based upon current vaccination rates, the mandates and everything will be lifted in June based upon Bashir's goal of 2.5 million. Two days later, they come out and say, never mind, it'll be till July. 
It'll be till July. Now, they have a case and in the Supreme Court in June over this. That is also pressure. Remember, we just saw protests and pressure create a situation where I, I'm sorry, that a situation that maybe wasn't a fair trial. I'm just going to say that. I don't think Chauvin's trial was a fair trial. I don't have any opinions on the outcome and whether he's guilty or not guilty. I'm just saying you cannot look me in the eyes and tell me that it's a fair trial. They're driving through protests every single day. That jury should have been sequestered. That jury should have been, the media should have been out of the room. It should have been a, a very fair trial um, in that instance, and it's, it just wasn't. And, and you can try to argue with me on that if you want to, but you cannot prove to me that that was a fair trial. Even lefty law um, commentators are like, listen, for the amount of evidence that was there, how long the trial was, and the charges and how complicated they were, it should have taken a jury longer than 10 hours to deliberate that. And they were very surprised at how quick it was. So I'm just saying to you out there, we just saw protesting, in my opinion, cause a man to not get a fair trial. We have a Supreme Court case coming up in June covering these mandates and whether or not SB1, SB2, and HB1 should be held up in court or not. And you also have a budget starting in July that says he can't be doing this. If you can't sit there and look at that and tell me you disagree that protests somehow get results because it shows there's a large amount of upset, organized people, you're a fool. You are a fool. You are not paying enough attention to what's going on. You haven't paid attention to what the left has been doing for years and years and years, and you haven't been paying attention to understand it and see what's going on. If you think protests don't work, they absolutely work. They absolutely work. There's nothing a politician fears more than a large amount of upset people who are organized. Who are organized. Remember the teachers' protests? What did they accomplish? They got us a whole new governor. What do you think we can accomplish, huh? Why don't you show up and find out? May 2nd, 2 p.m., you show up, stand up for something, and fight for something. Don't be sitting down being like, well, it's okay, I'll just live my life. No, you're, you're not going to just live your life. Those people who sit there and they say, I'm just living my life, I don't care what he has to say. That's great for you, but I know of 40, 50 bars losing their licenses to operate right now. Right now. These are people's businesses being ripped away from them. So you keep living your life, but I'm going to fight for them. And I hope you join me. Now, sorry guys, ranty there. In more national news, <laughs> J&J vaccine going back into circulation. However, with a warning about blood clots. Warning about blood clots. Now, J&J, and, and I could be incorrect, so somebody correct me, is the vaccine that is a traditional one-shot vaccine while the other two are mRNA vaccines. That's why the J&J vaccine has been apparently more popular. However, apparently it's been causing blood clotting. I've also heard these mRNA vaccines are causing issues with periods. I kind of covered that in another podcast. That being stated, that being stated, um... It's going back into circulation with a warning. And, and this is what's weird about the J&J situation to me. There was, I think, like two deaths and like six cases of blood clots that they reported. What's weird about that is VAERS has well over 1,000 deaths, I think almost two, 3,000 deaths, reported into it from vaccine deaths from this COVID-19 vaccine. And the news hasn't covered that, but yet they covered these six people with blood clots. It's almost like they wanted to say, hey, We'll let, we found a small issue that's much smaller than this giant issue over here of thousands of people dying. 
We're going to cover that and then give you a warning on that so that way you trust us. See, we, we're honest with you. If there's an issue with blood clotting or if there's this issue with this, we'll let you know. And we'll ask you to trust us and we'll give you the warning. See, you can trust us. I'm warning you. That's what I think's going on because it's weird that they'd really focus in, to me, it just seems really weird that they'd focus in so much on these six issues of blood clotting when VAERS, you can go check it, has reports of thousands of deaths. And, and yet, though, we're worried about six blood clots and these two. It just seems so strange to me. If you have a different opinion on what's going on, send it to me. But I think it's literally they're trying to distract us off. They're trying to make you feel comfortable. Oh, look, I found a minor issue. Fixed it. No big deal, guys. Everybody calm down. You can go safely back to getting your vaccination. See, we'll tell you if there's an issue. We just stopped this over six blood clots. That's what I think's going on. You tell me, though, if you feel differently. If you feel differently uh, than that. That's, that's where I think we're at. Additionally, we had Joe Biden saying he's the 4th of July may be canceled. Uh, and we don't get to see fireworks cause COVID cause COVID. You know what I find funny and we've just let him get away with it. We haven't really said anything about it. I mean, we say things about it, but remember when this first started, it was all about hospital bed capacity. Or, or in ventilators. Do we have enough ventilators? Do we have enough beds? That was the big concern. Do we have enough ventilators? Do we have enough beds? After it became clear we weren't going to run out of ventilators and beds anytime soon, remember that multi-million dollar field hospital built on Nutter Field by the Grimes. <laughs> That's a very clean and definitely not a uh, shady family. But anyways, after that multi-million dollar field hospital was built here in Lexington at Nutter Fieldhouse, by the Grimes that never one person stepped foot in, uh, they stopped suddenly worrying about beds. They stopped worrying about ventilators because they weren't running out. Suddenly it became about death count. They were really focused in on the amount of deaths. So first is hospital beds, ventilators. When that was fine and okay, they switched to deaths. When deaths started getting lowered and lowered and lowered, and lower, they then suddenly made this switch from deaths mattering to cases. Case count now became a big, a big thing. And then positivity, I'm sorry, it was positivity rate became the big thing, not case count, positivity rate. That's what we were talking about, positivity rate. And then when positivity rate started going down, it was case count. Case count is what matters. And then when case counts started going down so low that people are like, all right, why are we doing this? They're like, vaccine count matters. If I let you outside, you dirty, dirty, unvaccinated people might all get sick, start spreading it around, and we'll be back at square one where we're worried about hospital beds and ventilators. You all have to get vaccinated before I even let you guys out of your homes again. Now, that's what they're worried about. They're worried about vaccination numbers. You start to wonder after vaccination numbers, what it will be next? Is it going to be variant numbers? Well, we can't do it until we have less variants. I believe so. I believe the governor has already started that conversation. He's already started that conversation and talking about, hey, the mask mandate will remain in place until we know we're not afraid of variants. Well, variants pretty much exist all the time. In fact, I want to be surprised if they start suddenly being really worried about the flu season and keeping the mask mandate in place just to keep flu down. I think that's what we've been worried about all along, and rightfully so. 
Because once the government has power, it's not exactly like they have a really good track record of giving it back. I mean, remember the Patriot Act was supposed to be temporary? Has that gone away? I mean, we posted an article the other day about the post office is apparently, I don't know why the post office, but the post office runs covert ops on social media, collecting up information and then telling the other places about it. And hopefully they're being paid by the other places because they have such a budgetary shortfall. Maybe that's why they're doing it. But the Patriot Act is supposed to go away. It didn't, right? How long ago did we have mission accomplished? Bush on the boat with mission accomplished above him. How long do we have we had our troops there? See, government historically has never done a very good job of giving us back what they take. In fact, I would almost say they never have. And I challenge you to understand that is where our push comes from. For all you people who listen to us that don't like us, but you listen to us because you're intelligent enough to care about what the other side is doing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I listen to you guys. For those people that do that, I want you to ask yourself, when has the government ever given back power? And before you think it's okay that the government has power, remember, that's the same entity that put Jim Crow laws in place in the first place. Do you really want them to keep having more power? I don't know. Well, thank you guys for joining me. Please share this out. Go to our podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple. We have a YouTube channel, Twitter. Follow us there. I haven't fired up my other socials. Please hit the share button on this one. Let everybody know about it. I thank you guys for joining me. You can support us, broodco.com, B-R-E-W-E-D-C-O.com, shop.broodco.com, donate.broodco.com. And I hope, I hope you join me here on Monday. I'll be doing this again. And remember, guys, May 2nd there. Thank you guys so much.